0: Hi, and welcome to the Radius Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more information about Radius Church, please check us out on our website, radiuschurch.tv. If you brought a Bible, uh, in just a moment, we're going to read more lengthy portions of Scripture. Patty and I, we were traveling back from Michigan. I went to Memphis to preach. She flew to her dad's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. When I got done preaching, I flew up to Michigan. We spent a week with her dad who is uh, nearing 89 years old, and we hadn't seen him in a while, so we hung out there. And when it was time for us to come home, uh, one of the things I love is that masks aren't mandated anymore. And, uh, but when you get to the airport and when you're traveling, if any of you have traveled, you know uh, when you're in the airport uh, or traveling, you have to mask back up. And so we got to the airport at about 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, and, we, of course, we put our masks on. And, uh, and then as we were sitting there waiting for our plane, we got a message on our phone that our plane was delayed for 20 minutes. I thought, well, no big deal. We'll still make our connection in Chicago at 12.05. And then we got another notification that it was delayed another 30 minutes. And I said, if we run, we'll still make our connection in Chicago. Then we got another notification that said it was delayed two hours. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if you know how to tell time or not, (laughs) but we weren't going to make that Chicago connection. And so there we sat for the next three and a half hours with our mask on. We finally made it to Chicago. We were supposed to fly out of Chicago at 12.05. We got delayed. They could put her on a flight but not me on a flight. And I wasn't going to have it. All right. I'm flying next to my wife if I can. And so we didn't get to fly out, get a flight from Chicago till 705. All right. Are you guys doing the math here with me? And so we were in Chicago and, and then that flight got delayed and we didn't leave till after eight. And so we didn't get back to Seattle till 11 o'clock that night. Missed our shuttle ride. Janessa was gracious enough to pick her poor prodigal parents up. And she came and got us. And and so by that time, we had had our masks on for 15 hours. And uh, how many you know that's a long time? And uh, I think five minutes is too long. But for 15 hours wearing that mask, my lips were losing weight. They were sweating and, you know, and, and, and so... We As soon as we stepped out of the airport into the parking garage, I took my mask off. Patty took her mask off. And as we were loading the suitcases in the car, I looked over and seen a guy walking through the garage who had been walking as long as we had, and he still had his mask on. Now, I'm not one of those kind of guys that bash people for their own opinions and how they do things and, and all of that. But, but I wanted to say to him, you can take off your mask now. I just wanted to remind him that it was okay. He, he had probably forgotten. How many know you can get used to it? How many know you can get used to things in life? And uh, he, he had probably just gotten used to it and forgotten that he could take... And I just wanted to remind him, because I'm a good guy, and I just wanted to remind him that you can take your mask off now. And, and sometimes we get used to things, and sometimes those things that at first are abnormal... Come on, would anybody agree they become a little bit normal? How I many know I'm not just talking about masks now, right? Uh, and that's why you'll see people, and, and it used to irritate me to hear people bash on other people that were by themselves in a car driving with a mask on. Like, how is that hurting you? Leave the poor people alone, all right? Uh, you don't know what they're going through. There, there might have been cooties in the car. I don't know. But that's why I think we see people wearing masks or anything else, and and I know this, that nobody liked wearing these masks during the pandemic. Can I get an amen on that one? And we made a fuss and a half over the mask. I mean, worlds blew up over a mask. Friends divided about a mask. Churches divided about a mask. Come on, you know I'm right about it. And it wasn't that long ago. And... Uh, But what we didn't make as big a scene about, what we didn't argue about, what we didn't fight about as much is another mask, a mask that didn't happen because of a pandemic, a a, a mask that, that that, that we don't resist as much as we resisted the mask from the pandemic. We fought about the pandemic mask, but I think there's another pandemic that we need to address. And it's a mask that sometimes we wear, wear, and the mask is caused by the pandemic of shame. And the mask is caused by the pandemic of fear. And the mask is caused by the, we wear we cover up because of the pandemic of our insecurities. I know that's nobody in this room, and I know nobody watching online understands what I'm talking about, but all of you know somebody that still has a mask on. How many know what I'm saying, right? You see, shame will cause you to cover your face. Shame will cause you to cover up. Shame, fear will cause you to cover up. It, uh, it, it'll cause you to cover up your talent. It'll cause you to cover up your calling. It'll cause you to cover up your love. Is anybody in the house tonight? You remember when we were under the mask mandate? That, you, that, that I, I remember, in fact, I met Steve and Stacy back there. You guys started coming when we were wearing masks. And and, and I had no idea what you looked like from here down. I was trying to determine, are those evil eyes or are they godly eyes? I, you know, I was trying to determine. And we met a lot of people during the pandemic that started coming to our church. We were one of the churches that <laughs> really, we, we we had a whole lot of growth people that were coming during the pandemic. And, and, and I didn't know them for a long time. Matter of fact, you guys invited us to dinner. The first time I ever seen you without a mask. I'm looking around the restaurant like, where are they? And I'm trying to look at just people's eyes. Is that you? No, that's not. Is that you? Oh, and and and. And and because what the mask did to us, and it's the same thing that shame does to us, it covers up a lot of our identity. Come on, everybody. Fear will cover up some of your identity. Shame will cover up some of the features that God has put in you that makes you unrecognizable from the thing that God has called you to be. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying already? And so I want to talk just a little bit, not fully about shame. Mark's got a message. He's bringing on shame here in a few weeks, and it's going to rock your world. So I don't want to steal that thunder, but I want you to consider shame, and I want you to consider fear, and I just want you to process with me. See, there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is when I've done something wrong. I think I have that. Guilt is when I've done something wrong, and if I fix the wrong thing, then I get rid of the guilt. Mm-hmm. If I went over the speed limit and the policeman gave me a ticket, I feel guilt. But if I slow my car down, I can get rid of the guilt. If I correct the behavior, I can get rid of the guilt that I had from doing the wrong thing. But shame goes deeper. And where guilt says I've done something wrong, shame says I am the something wrong. And I can't fix me. I, the, guilt says there is a problem. Shame says I am the problem. Now, I, I personally have dealt with this a lot. I don't, I don't remember uh, what I had done. I don't even really remember what age I was. But I remember the day that I, for the, at least that in my memory, I was called stupid for the first time. And I remember in that same sentence or in that same conversation, I was told, you will never amount to anything. I was a kid, I'm not even sure if I was in school yet, but I remember when I was being lectured and I remember when those words were coming, I distinctively to this day, just as sure as looking at these white tennis shoes right now, I remember when those words were coming, I hung my head and I remember staring at my feet. I was covering up. I was covering my face. I, it was the day I was introduced to shame. In fact, I remember it so vividly. I remember the mesh white tennis shoes I had on. I remembered I'd taken out uh, and and I'd customized my tennis shoes. I I had blue shoestrings in my white tennis shoes and I can almost just as vivid as can be, I can remember the grass stains that were on my tennis shoes and I can remember the blue shoestrings and the and the little the little caps were off the end and the shoestrings were fraying. I can remember that and it's probably been 50 or close to 50 years ago it's the day I hid my face it's the day I was introduced to shame maybe you don't know what I'm talking about but I promise you there's somebody in your life that understands if we could fast forward that story just a little bit uh I I I don't know if it was the same year I mean, you know, when you're a kid, sometimes it's hard to keep all the dates straight. I remember in my neighborhood, and we lived in a pretty rough neighborhood in in California, and and I remember I was out on a day, I don't know what day of the week it was, and on the sidewalk somewhere on my street, I found a razor blade. I had never, I didn't know what a razor blade was. I had never seen one to my recollection. I picked up that razor blade, and in picking up that razor blade, I cut my left hand. I don't remember how many fingers, but I cut cut my hand pretty severely, severe enough that there was a lot of blood coming out of my hand. And I remember, I, I remember the thought was not to go look for help. The thought was, I need to hide. Because shame will keep you from calling for help when you should call for help, and it will cause you to hide when you should. Oh, come on. Mm. yeah, this probably ain't going to be the kind of message you're going to shout me down. I get it. I understand. And matter of fact, the rest of that story, my hand was bleeding. I remember seeing blood on the sidewalk. I started walking back toward my house. My mom was backing out of the driveway to go somewhere. She rolled down the window to say goodbye to me, and I remember hiding my hands. I I was trying to hide my injury from somebody that could have cared for me. Because I, listen, this is how the devil will work in your life. Tell me if I'm not right. I thought, remember, I thought I was stupid. Remember, I wasn't going to amount to anything. And so I thought that I had cut my fingers, come on, because I was stupid. I thought that I had cut my fingers and I didn't deserve help. And so I learned how to hide. My hurts, ah, I'm just going to lay down on the couch and counsel myself today. You guys can peer in and act like you don't know what I'm talking about, so I'll just keep on preaching to me. Because now, almost 50 years later, I have the tendency, I have a tendency, when I'm not healthy, to do the very same thing and to hide my hurts and pretend like uh, everything's all right. How many of you are not like this, but you know somebody like this? Come on, right? And, and, And so I... 50 years later, and, and, I, and, it, and it makes me feel like I've done something wrong. If somebody doesn't like me, I feel like I've done something wrong. And God is saying to you, God is saying to you that are watching online, And God is reminding me and reminding you on the verge of a serve weekend, on the verge of coming back to church and getting involved in the ministry of the church. God wants to remind you, you've been masked up long enough and you can take off your mask now. Can I get a good amen? So I want to take you to this familiar portion of Scripture, and I just want to challenge you to look at it from a different way. I know it's been preached the same dogmatic way over and over, and I'm not disagreeing with that. But one of the beauties of God's Word is that it's moving and it's living, and it can mean one thing at one moment and change and minister to us in another way in another moment. How many ever heard of a guy by the name of Moses? Come on. You don't even have to go to church to know about Moses. I mean, he comes on every Easter he takes over the television for four and a half hours with commercials. How many know what I'm saying, right? And so here's the story of Moses, and we'll just pick up some parts of it. This is the most familiar part. It says, now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. Midian isn't like anywhere anybody really wants to go. It's like going to Denny's, all right, everybody? You understand, right? And he led the flock... Watch where he led the flock. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. And I would submit to you, and you'll pick up on this as we go, that Midian is where he was hiding his face. Because shame had come into the life of Moses. He was called to be a leader. He was called to be a prince. But he's living in uh, Midian on the backside of the wilderness and he's hiding back there because of things he had done wrong. Mm. I wonder, uh, again, I know it's not anybody in the room, but you know those people watching online. I wonder if there's anybody still hiding today. You're 50 years old. You're 40 years old. You're 30 years old, and you're still hiding. You're hiding from all that God has called you to be. You're hiding because of shame, and you're hiding because of fear on the far side of the wilderness. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. It's cool, Charlton Heston, come on, you know, right? Okay, so Moses thought, I will go over, and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush Moses. Moses. Now, there's reasons in Scripture why someone's name is repeated twice. Oftentimes, it's just to show the significance of trying to get the attention of the individual. Other times, it's to highlight the intimacy. Whenever a name is repeated twice, Moses, Moses, it's a form of love, it's a form of intimacy. All right? And Moses said, Here I, I am. And do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Mm. Then he said, watch this. Then he said, I am the God of your father. Watch this. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I highlighted Jacob because I want to pull something out. If you know your Bible at all, you know that Jacob wrestled with God and his name got turned to Israel. Because Jacob doesn't, it doesn't have a real good definition. He's a supplanter. He's a, he, he, he's a conniver. He's a manipulator. He manipulates to get what he wants. But when Jacob wrestled with God, God changed his name to Israel, which means Prince of God. But I find it interesting that when Moses is standing before God, hiding from his past, filled with shame, God reminds Moses, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob maybe he's trying to remind us that he's not only the God of the good things but he's also God of the bad parts of our life come on everybody He's your father when you mess up. He's your father when you manipulate. He's your father. Man, I love this because he could have said Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. I'm the God of those good people. But God wants to remind you that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the messed up people. I'm glad because that means he can be my God, the messed up pastor. Come on, somebody, right? Watch this. Watch this. Now, here's what I want you to see. Remember, he's in the desert, and he's hiding. God shows up to him, and what does he do? You guys see it. Check it out. Moses, there it is again. He put a pandemic mask on. (laughs) Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses hid his face. Now, I know this has been preached. It's all out of reverence, and it's all because of respect, and it's all of these kind of things. But I want to submit to you that maybe he didn't need to hide his face. Maybe he was hiding his face because he was already hiding from his past. Maybe he didn't want to look at God because shame had already come in like a pandemic and caused him to hang his head. Maybe he was looking at his bare feet, and he was ashamed to look up at his godly father. Come on, somebody. To look up... In the love of a God who loved him. Mm. He, he didn't want to. I, I wonder if we come to God like we're going through the airport. Mm. Anybody flown since the pandemic? Anybody had to get on an airplane? I mean, you got a mask up, you got a suit up, you got a. And then you go through TCA, TSA, and, 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 and it's like you're hiding your identity. I wonder if we don't come to church like we're going through se- airport security. All covered up. Come on now. Mm -hmm. And if you get within six feet, you got to make sure you're masked up. If you get too close to the presence of God, you start covering up. I I wonder if we're much different than Moses. Moses had hid his face because he was afraid. Now here's something that's interesting. If Moses only knew how God wanted to use him, See, we get the benefit of reading the rest of the story, don't we, everybody? Come on now. I mean, we know in a little while he's gonna. W- in a little while, there's gonna be ten plagues. I mean, come on, that's bad. You know you're bad when you walk up into Pharaoh and say, "Let my people go." How many, how many know, right? And if you don't, watch this. Bam, frogs are coming in your house, right? Everybody understand what I'm saying? All right. If that isn't good, lice is coming in your house. All right. All of the stuff that's going on. If Moses only understood how God. Was going to use him. Maybe he wouldn't hit his face. I want to submit to you that maybe God wants to use you in a way that far exceeds your expectation. So it's time for you to take off your mask because we serve a great God who has a great plan for your life. Come on, quit hiding from your real identity. Mm-hmm. If Moses only knew. And I and I relate to Moses. I'm not bashing on him. I'm preaching on him because I relate to Moses. Uh, uh, God has a job for you, and God has a job for me, but sometimes we mask up. And we all know the famous part, right? You, remember Moses starts making excuses? He, he starts talking about all the things he can't do. Everybody know this part of the story? Well, well, well I, I'm going to take you, uh, as he's looking down to it, I can almost imagine Moses looking down at his white tennis shoes with blue shoestrings and grass stain, saying, I can't do that. I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't pray enough. I'm not godly enough. I can't do that. Watch what Moses says. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? Can you see the self-doubt, anybody? Moses has a case of the what if the negatives instead of what if the positives. What if I swing and I miss? Yeah, but what if you swing and hit a grand slam? Moses said, but yeah, but what if they don't believe me? Uh, and, and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Check this out. It's a staff, he replied. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. How mean, know I would have done the same thing, right? don't act all spiritual like yeah what's your problem Moses I would have ran first of all I don't like snakes but if my stick turned into a snake come on everybody right now if that wasn't enough Moses kept making excuses so God did this little set of personal mini miracles you need to go read this I'm not going to take the time right now but here's a couple things he says okay if that's not good reach your hand uh, and take it by the tail so Moses reached and took the hold of the snake and it turned back into a stab what in the world shazam going This is a cool God I'm serving, right? And then it goes on. This said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God here it is again of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. He goes through these other things. Stick your hand in your in, in your robe; it comes out as leprosy, and he goes through all these miracles. I love this. I mean, you would think that after all these miracles. Come on, God's got you in your living room all by yourself. Your TV's on fire, but it's not burning up. There's miracles happening. Come on, everybody. There's snakes. No, it's a stick. No, it's a snake. Oh, leprosy. No, God here. I mean, come on, you'd be like, tell me what to do. Sign me up for serve day, God, if that's what you got to do, right? And Moses is so thick-headed. Or is Moses so shameful? He says, no, 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 I still can't do it. I wonder how many miracles God has already performed in our life and yet we still say no 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 huh I wonder how many buses God has given to Radius Church I wonder how many miracles God has performed, and when he calls us to the next level, we say, well, I don't know. I wonder how many times he has provided for us, but when he wants us to step out again, we are fearful that he won't be there. How many more miracles does God need to perform in our life for us to say anything, anywhere, anytime you lead the way? Come on, somebody, Right? Right? And Moses is saying, what if they don't believe me? I think that sometimes we get a case of what if the negatives instead of what if the positives. Next Saturday, what if nobody shows up? Oh, man, how embarrassing will that be? huh? We got all these groceries. Yeah, but what if... One person shows up like a Valerie that showed up here one time. And that one person gives their life to Christ. And that one person changes their destiny and changes their legacy and changes their family tree. What if not the negative? What if God is glorified just simply because we obey what he is calling us to do? Right? I I love this. He said, what's that in your hand? This is important. He says, what's that in your hand? Remember, he's hiding in the back of the wilderness. He's supposed to be a leader, but he's, he, he's shepherding flock in Midian. He's hanging out at Denny's, everybody. And God says, what's that in your hand? What was in his hand, watch this, was his identity. What we cover up is our identity. The plans and purposes and potential that God has for us. What's that in your hand? Throw it on the ground. Throw your identity on the ground. He was supposed to be a leader, but shame had reduced him to only a little bit of recognition of what God had really called him. Is that making sense to anybody here? Uh, God is saying, throw down your shameful identity. And let what the enemy meant for bad, let me use it to work a miracle in your life. God does all this, and Moses says, no, I can't do that. Excuses. Here's what he said. You guys know the story, right? He says, I'm not eloquent in speech. Some translation says he stutters. I'm not. Why? Because his identity is covered up. He doesn't know, hey dude, it's like the guy in the, garage. It's time to take your mask off. It's time to open up and reveal all that God has called you to be. We can come to church and we can sing the songs, but have you it's time for you to take your mask off and be all that God has called you to be. Right, everybody? And, and so he's making these excuses and he, he's talking about what he can't do. And by the way, shame will always tell you what you can't do. Fear will always tell you what you can't do. Insecurities will always tell you what you can't do. Come on, is anybody in the house tonight? He's believing the lie that I'm really not all that. But if God called you to it, then you are that. This story, I I don't see many people circle around to the end of the story because Moses is saying, I'm not eloquent, I'm not good at speech. But it's a lie, and shame will always lie to you. Check this out, Acts chapter number 7, verse number 20. This is Stephen who's getting ready to be stoned. He starts preaching, and here's what he says. At the time Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. You're no ordinary child. You have your own DNA. God put a specific plan in you. He put a specific DNA. He put a specific fingerprint. He put a specific calling. I want you to know tonight that you are no ordinary person. You might be sitting here thinking you're ordinary, but God thinks you're extraordinary. Come on now. He, he says he's not an ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, his mom hid him too. And when he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him in and brought him in up as her own son. Moses, wait, wait, wait. Remember he can't talk good? Remember he's not eloquent in speech? Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's your shame speaking, not God speaking. Because that's what Moses thought of himself, but here's what God thinks of him. Watch this. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and what? was powerful in speech moses shame will tell you what you're not but truth will tell you what you are moses was saying i'm not good at talking but god says you are powerful in speech Uh, i'm here to tell you church when we gather together we are powerful in god's name and don't let any shame or fear lie to you come on now Ooh, I like that, I'm sorry, it fires me up. How many are giving God the answers to the questions uh, that he has for us and the things that he wants us to do? Mm-hmm. Hey, why, why don't you do this? I need you to wake up a little bit. Look at your neighbor and s- tell your neighbor you can take off your mask now. Not literally if you have to wear it. It's okay, it's okay. I, I, I Listen, friends, I believe the story, I believe the lie, that I was stupid. And it, it almost prevented me from answering God's call on my life. I believed the lie that I may never end up amounting to anything, and it would have prevented me from being what God wanted me to be. I'm begging of you, don't believe the lie. It's time to take off the mask now. It's time to hold your head up because you're in Christ Jesus. I I I, I believed. Remember, I believed the pain was my fault, and I'm just going to tell you: when I thought the pain was my fault, and now you're in ministry, that will destroy you because people will leave you and say lies, and if you're not careful, you will personalize that and think it's all my fault, and you will rise and fall based on what people say instead of what God says. Now, let's look at Moses. Let's go to his backstory for just a moment, and I'll wrap it up. Let's look at the root of his issue. Because remember, he's hiding in the wilderness. He has an encounter with God, and he hides from God. And I wonder if that didn't stem from something else in his life. Let's go all the way back to Exodus chapter number 2. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, or not an ordinary child, watch what happens. It started with mama. It started with mama. See, him hiding was a generational thing. When all you see is all you know, then we repeat what we see. Mm -hmm. But I believe God wants to break some generational curses. See, Moses had a habit of hiding when he should have been walking in faith. Moses. I, let me say it again. Moses had a habit of masking up when he should have let the glory of God shine out of his life. But it didn't start with Moses. I would submit it started before Moses was born. I understand the story. I understand there was problems. I understand they were going to kill Moses. I understand all that. But what causes us to hide is always something bad going on. It's always a problem going on. And it didn't start with Moses. It started with Moses' mom because she was pregnant and gave birth to his son. And while she saw that he was a fine child, what? She hid him for three months. The first three months of his life, all he knew was being hidden. And now he understands when there's problems, you hide. And so later, after he killed the Egyptian, I got a problem, so I hide. And the bush is burning, this is a problem, so I hide. And if you're not careful, you will spend the rest of your life walking through the garages of life, and you're still masked up, and you're hiding from the calling of God. It's time to stand up, arise and shine, for the light has come. Come on, everybody. It's time to take off your mask. And and watch this. But but when she could not hide him any longer, there's this history of hiding, a, a history. His life started out hiding. His mom hid him. He's hiding all through his life. And you know what the enemy does in our life? Tell me if you don't think this is true. The enemy will start on us when we're young. Three months, the first three months of his life, he's being hidden. Maybe he was crying in his crib for a bottle, but they had to keep him hidden. Maybe he just wanted to be held by mama, but she she had to hide him. I, I don't know, but you can fill in the story a little bit. There's some humanity in the story. And I think it's interesting that his hiding did not start at the burning bush. His hiding did not start when he murdered the Egyptian. His hiding started the day he was born. And I think that's how the enemy works on our lives when we're little. Things happen. Things happen that will not be harvested. Tell me if you don't think this is true. That don't get harvested when we're four and five and six and seven and 17 and 18. But you let somebody keep on going long enough with that seed just hidden. And now they get married. And now they have kids. And now they might even have grandkids. Maybe now they got a career. Maybe now they're an adult. And all of a sudden, the enemy, come on, will bring you to a burning bush. And God wants to reveal himself to you. And right there is when he says, you're not good enough. It's time to hide again. And he will harvest the seed that he put in, that hurt, that abandon, that abuse, that incident, that accident in that child. Because he's not just trying to destroy you. He's waiting till you get married and you have children so that he can destroy you and your marriage partner and your children and your children's children so the generational curse will continue after generation. But it's time to take off the mask. Would somebody help me and say a good amen right there, right? Mm, 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 mm. I'll be transparent enough to tell you that my go-to when I'm not healthy, I work very hard at staying healthy. I work very hard in my spiritual disciplines. I work very hard in making God first. I, make, I work very hard at having a weekly Sabbath and, and all of those things because I, I know the importance of staying spiritually and emotionally healthy. I work very hard that when I show up here, uh, I'm, I'm healthy and ready to go and my heart is full. Uh, but, but, but when I'm not healthy, that's my go-to. I mask up. Maybe you can't relate, so let me just pick on me. When I'm not healthy, when I'm out of gas spiritually, when I haven't practiced my spiritual disciplines, my my go-to, I I understand Moses, maybe I'm just preaching to me, I understand Moses, but my go-to is I hide my face. I hide in the wilderness. I hide in the basket in the Nile. I'll hide with a smile on my face. I will hide in the middle of a crowd. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about because some of you are hiding right now. I can see you, but you're hiding right now. And you're hiding from the real issues of life. And you're hiding from the pain. And you're hiding from those memories that haunt you. And you're hiding from those voices that keep telling you that you're stupid and that you'll never amount to anything. And you're still hiding. And you're telling everybody, oh, I'm highly favored. I'm blessed and highly favored. But you're hiding. You're hiding behind your Christianity. You're hiding behind your Christian language. You're hiding behind your Christian bumper stickers. And you've never got real with somebody. But I want somebody to understand this is the weekend. It's time to take off your mask. I will go invisible right now. I will. I I, I mean, it's not very often, but when I'm not healthy, I'll start saying stupid little things like, you know, I could resign tomorrow and nobody would even know. Nobody would even care. I mean, no, that's a stupid thing to say when God has given you a responsibility, right? Right? That, that shame that is saying there. And I wonder how many abandoned dreams are left on the floor of this church every Saturday night and every Sunday morning. And you sit here and you hear God tugging on your heart and telling you to take off the mask and to step up. And I'm going to be involved and I'm going to do something and I'm going to be a history maker and I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to break generational curses. But I wonder how many allow themselves to cover right back up before your feet even get out of this place and you leave the abandoned dream And you 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 leave the plans and the purposes and the potential that God has you. You know what the name Moses means? Anybody know? The name Moses means I drew him out of the water. That's what his name means. That wasn't the name his biological, but but that's the name. I drew him out of the water. Let me close with this because I want you to see something here. Um, remember? uh, Let's see if I have another scripture here. Uh 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 let, let's see where I okay uh it, so it means I drew him out of the water here's what I want you to see I just want you to get a picture and I'll wrap up with this so his mom starts hiding him you know the story right puts him in a basket pitches it in on the outside and on the inside and sends him down the Nile River that's some serious messed up stuff everybody I mean, we read that in the Bible like, oh, yeah, isn't this precious? Huh? There's bad things in here. Let's start with mosquitoes. Let's start with poisonous snakes. Let's start with crocodiles. Let's start with maybe drowning. Let's st- this is a jacked-up story. How much fear do you have to be in, Mama? How much shame are you living under, Mom, to put your child... And puts them, watch, watch, doesn't put them in the wilderness, doesn't put them in the desert, doesn't put them in the trees, doesn't call up some ancestor from Tennessee and say, hey, could you take Moses for a little while? We got this whacked out dude here in Washington. (laughs) Shut up. Puts him in the Nile. What is the Nile? The Nile is a river. It's made out of water. Ah, does anybody know where we're going with this? Puts Moses in the water and floats him down the river. So God be with him. Hope you help him. Puts him in the water. And the very thing that could have devoured Moses, the very thing that was supposed to hide Moses, the very thing that could have destroyed this not ordinary child, The water could have drowned him. The snakes could have got him. The crocodiles could have had him for lunch. He's in the water. But would you fast forward with me for just a little bit? Because eventually Moses takes off the mask and he declares that the thing that was meant to destroy me will no longer be able to destroy me. Fast forward to Moses standing with a million people in back of him at the Red Sea and walking through the Red Sea and looking at the banks of water and saying, hey, remember me? You thought you We're going to take me out but what the devil meant for bad come on somebody god has turned around and used this thing for good what the devil wants to use to destroy you is your testimony so it's time to take off the mask would you say amen to that everybody it's the very thing the very thing that wants to make you cover up is the very thing god wants to use to cause you to step up Church, can I implore upon you, it's time to step up. And listen, you're in a church right now that is going to walk with you and help you take the... I'm telling you, you know how you can step up. Just show up next Saturday. You don't even have to do anything. Just cheer us on. Yay! We're giving you every opportunity because it's time to take off the mask. Would you stand with me all over this place?